stepping outside our comfort zone. Stepping outside our comfort zone is a phrase that is often used these days. Though when I was growing up, admittedly quite a long time ago now, I'd never heard of it. I wonder if that's because we didn't have a comfort zone in those distant days or because we weren't too bothered about comfort in the way that we are these days. Leaving aside that somewhat uncomfortable thought, there is certainly some relevance to it at this particular point in time. This is because we are in the process literally of stepping outside again and for some at least this is definitely outside of what has been and perhaps still is their comfort zone, their own homes. As I began to think about this and our returning to the big wide world, including returning to church, I started to meditate on the Israelites returning to their country after their 70-year exile in Babylon. This was partly in response to Donald's sermons on Ezra, but also as I began to study the four books of Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai and Zechariah for myself. Doing this, I've realised that they contain a host of useful tips for us today. Challenges, encouragements, examples and even a few errors to avoid for people who are stepping outside of the comfort zone that they'd got used to in Babylon, Persia and were literally stepping out to return to their original homeland. So, I'd like to share a few of these thoughts with you. First off, did you, like me, always tend to assume that all the many Jews who went into exile later returned to Israel? They didn't. It's not clear how many travelled back with Ezra and Nehemiah, but the first group who returned with Zerubbabel numbered less than 50,000. Not a huge number. The sad reality was that some did not return because they died in Babylon. But even so, this was still a small percentage of the total who had been scattered or exiled and could have gone back. That first small group went with enthusiasm to rebuild their holy temple in Jerusalem. But if we follow the story, as we'll see in a minute, even some of them got discouraged rather easily. Of the many who didn't return, undoubtedly some were too old. Maybe this was true for Daniel and his friends, and perhaps Mordecai, or were sick or pregnant, and it was not practical for them to travel. Remember, the journey back to Israel was about 900 miles and would have been made on foot or perhaps on horses or donkeys. And they had to carry with them all their worldly possessions. Others, like Nehemiah himself originally, had work responsibilities that detained them in Persia. And yet others, as with Esther, perhaps they had family reasons that meant they could not go. For all these groups, there were significant and valid reasons for staying put. But undoubtedly, there was also a large number of others who did not choose to return. Probably most of these were from the younger generation, who had been born in Babylon, so for them, travelling to Israel must have seemed very much like stepping out of their comfort zone. They'd never known or even visited their ancestral homeland. Home to them 
was Babylon or somewhere else in the Persian Empire. There they had homes and families, work, and many, it seemed, had lived there quite comfortably, except perhaps for a few like Daniel and his friends who had experienced opposition from the local government. We can understand, therefore, why it cannot have been easy for them to decide to step out. We know this was true because Ezra tells us that he had to search and motivate even some of the Levites to join the returnees. They were the ones who should have been the most in involved in restoring the temple and its worship. Perhaps these people had got used to and maybe even liked living in Babylon, Persia and their new way of worshipping in a synagogue rather than the temple. So are you getting the picture of how their situation parallels our present one? I mentioned earlier that even some of those who initially stepped out well retreated after a while. Although they had begun to rebuild the temple, the work came to a halt and that was when the prophet Haggai delivered his first message from God. In Haggai 1 verses 2 and 3 it says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, The time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now perhaps some of them did have essential work to complete on their houses or were unable to go and work straight away on the temple for various good reasons. But the way Haggai spoke sounds far more like a rebuke and as though most of them we're just using this as an excuse. Check it out in Haggai 1.9. My house remains a ruin while each of you is busy with his own house. In other words, they were happy to remain in the comfort of their own houses, doing the DIY work there and planting gardens, etc., and not stirring themselves to go and help with God's work in restoring the temple. And once again, I think we can sense a parallel with our own situation. Today we have two groups of people who are not returning to church and Haggai's message can come to both, either as an encouragement or as a challenge. Now the last thing that I want to do is to criticise anyone who has not yet returned physically to join in the church services. As in the time of Haggai, the Lord's house, the church, does need rebuilding, but for some, definitely, the time has not yet come, as it were. Those who are vulnerable, due to age or health or family reasons, are right to continue waiting until the Lord makes it clear that it's safe and right for them to come back. But for others, maybe just a few, or it could of course be the majority, it could be an excuse. Although they've been double-jabbed and have been reassured that the church is cleaned regularly, people are expected to wear masks and sit socially distanced, they still remain unduly fearful or anxious. Or maybe they have just got into the habit of comfortably watching live streams, sometimes in their pyjamas, and so are now unwilling to step outside their comfort zone and turn up in person. For both groups, we need to be praying 
So that's what I'd like to do now and end with. Lord, thank you for the encouragements and challenges that we find in Scripture and that even the records of events in Old Testament times can help us in our lives today. I want to pray for those who are longing to come back into the church building and worship in community, but who, for various reasons, are vulnerable and therefore hesitate to do so. For these people, for whom the time has not yet come, we ask that they will be patient until the right time does come for them. Thank you that you're not limited to a special building and are still able to meet with them and speak to them in their own homes. I also pray for those who have still not returned, but for less good reasons. Please remove any fear they have and give them the courage to step outside their comfort zone and join us once again in the church community, enjoying the renewed fellowship and the singing and maybe even the chocolate-backed digestive biscuits. Lord, please use us all as we seek to rebuild our church for your glory. Amen.